If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, welcome once again to Vacation Rental Success. This is uh, Heather Bayer, and this is episode 73, moving on to 100. And somebody said, uh, emailed me recently and said that uh, they'd been missing my weather forecasts and I, or my weather reports. And I honestly thought I'd been doing that on every episode, but uh, maybe not. Uh, it's beautiful. The spring has sprung. We've even had temperatures around the mid-60s in the past couple of weeks. But I'm looking out over, to the, over the river at the moment and not a speck of snow or ice now to be seen. And the ice has all come off the lake. So winter is definitely a memory that is fast fading. Um, I'm watching loons at the moment. Uh, there's a pair of loons a little bit further down the river I can see from my desk uh, in the in the office here. And, and it looks like they're building a nest on the bank. And I was out the other day taking a walk and I could not believe the, the different sounds that, the, the, that we were listening to, um, the sounds of the frogs, the loons, woodpeckers, uh, uh, partridge, just so many different wonderful spring sounds. So it's, uh, it's pretty gorgeous around here at the moment and I'm uh, loving every minute of it. I want to kick off today with a bit of a story. Because it, uh, there, there was, we, we, I had this big, a bit of synchronicity this past week. Uh, it's a, it was a real coincidence, and I just wanted to share it with you. And it sort of goes back to 13 years ago when my son Mike moved out here to Ontario. He actually came out a year before we did because he'd uh, he'd left the British Army, the Territorial Reserves, and he just finished a six month. Um, tour in Kosovo. Uh, and he was at the tender age of 21 and he'd, uh, you know, he'd seen some stuff in Kosovo and he, he, he just needed some, some time to get himself back together and, uh, and be back. To, he'd been several years in the, in the cadets and then the uh, army reserves. So he was settling back into sort of civilian life and, uh, headed out to Ontario moved into one of our rental homes and set up his own property management business. And he was also working for our UK company, uh, Clearwater Holidays at the time. And uh, we, we heard from him. We didn't sort of have, we didn't have Skype at that time. We didn't have cell phones. So it was just, uh, it was just the occasional phone call and, and emails. And we knew at that time that he was pretty lonely, but he kept himself busy. He was viewing rental cottages. He was meeting owners and he was uh, sort of acting as a liaison between our the, the owners that were uh, renting out their cottages via our UK company. And one day when he was visiting a lakefront property, he was, he was met by a very friendly golden retriever. And this, uh, this dog made it very clear that he, he liked Mike and wanted his company. Now we've always been a dog family. So 
I, I can imagine what it was like for Mike to have this golden retriever bounding up to him and um, making him feel, you know, sort of wanted and special. And then the owners, uh, the owners came out and explained that their it was their daughter's dog, Rocky. And Rocky was equally lonely because he was he was being left alone for for long periods, you know, during the day sometimes. But uh, but more so because the owners travelled quite a lot, they would they, they would have to farm him out to friends and relatives um, while they were out of the country, and. Although they loved Rocky, who was a, a very, very gentle boy, they they worried that he just wasn't getting the attention that he deserved. And Mike saw this opportunity, you know, get a dog, have a fur friend to keep him company, at least for a couple of weeks. So he offered to, then and there, offered to take Rocky back with him while the owners went on a trip to the US. Um, to cut a long story short, Rocky never went back to uh, to his first owners. Um, he'd found himself a new forever home with Mike, uh, where he lived to a grand old age. And Rocky was a gentleman to the very, very end. He was the most beautiful, gentle, loving dog. Um, we all loved him. So why am I telling you this? You must be wondering that. So please don't switch off yet because there is a point to this. Let's fast forward to this past Easter weekend. And a little background here. Um, I'd heard of a website called Renting Your Place from my friend Matt Landau and got in touch with the uh, owner of the site or the co-founder of Renting Your Place, Scott Shatford. Scott's an Airbnb super host. And it and, and as I say, co-founder of Renting Your Place, which is a site that explains the best ways of renting via Airbnb. And it provides insights into the profitability of properties by analyzing their pricing, occupancy rates, and monthly revenues. And a page on Renting Your Place or a section called Air DNA. And for a, for a very pretty low price, you can download specific reports for very, very specific zip codes and locations uh, to help you assess the current and competitive pricing and occupancy in that area. Really great stuff. And we're going to be talking a lot more about that. So I really wanted to talk to Scott and find out more about AirDNA. So we set up a time and date for our interview. And then a few days later, just after the Easter weekend, Scott got in touch with me because he had mentioned to his guests at his dinner table over the Easter, over an Easter meal at his home in Santa Monica. And it turned out that his guests were his in-laws and the in-laws were the same owners, cottage owners that Mike had met that day who generously passed Rocky onto him. So it, and it actually turned out that Scott's wife was Rocky's first mom. So How's that for coincidence, synchronicity? I don't know. Call it woo-woo, whatever, whatever you might um, you might call it. I love it. Just love it when these things happen, and I believe that they happen for a reason. Because making connections with people where there's already some connections in place has has real meaning. So I was I was delighted to get on 
Skype with Scott and have a really good discussion with him because I've got a feeling that we will probably work together at some point in the future. Um, not sure how that's going to happen, but um, just uh, just take a listen to the episode. We we talk about a ton of stuff about uh, air DNA, about renting your place, and about Scott's experiences of being an Airbnb super host. Well, I'm delighted to have with me today Scott Shatford of RentingYourPlace.com. And and as I've just said in the intro, uh, almost seems like Scott and I are almost related. Because I did explain, Scott, all the stuff about Rocky the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes, poor old Rocky. That is a quite the crazy connection. Uh, can't believe I put that together over Easter dinner. That, uh, yeah, you've known my... Um, my in-laws for uh, 25 years now a, a long yeah quite a long time <laughs> yeah that's a that that's a, some some sort of synchronicity so uh, so maybe that's maybe that's a clue that we we should be working together in some way um totally agree yeah absolutely um scott tell me a little bit uh, tell us a b- little bit more about yourself and and you know where, where where you got to be where you are as an owner of multiple um, vacation rental properties. Yeah, sure. It started really by by chance, I would say. Um, I left a longtime corporate job and decided to travel for a few months. And my neighbor actually recommended that I list my place on Airbnb to recoup some of the cost while I was traveling. Um, and you know, while I was traveling, I made some good money. I was able to cover my rent, and my expenses. And when I got back from my travels, I just researched a little bit more and turned my old property into a full-time rental and started acquiring some other um, properties in the Santa Monica, California area to list as full-time rentals. So I really kind of stumbled into it and uh, I've never, I haven't looked back since. So how, how many properties do you have? I have five currently full-time rentals in, in Santa Monica. Um, and what are they like? You know, what, what, what sort of size are they? Yeah, they're all, they're actually all one bedroom apartments, all one bedroom apartments, kind of in between like 700 square feet and 1,000 square feet in really high traffic tourist areas around the Santa Monica Pier and Third Street Promenade, uh, where we get really uh, high demand year round and, and lots of tourist travel around the year. So how, what, what intrigues me when, when I hear of people who've got multiple properties is, is how they're actually managed. I mean, do, I, I'm assuming that you don't go into all five at the, end of a, at the end of a rental and do the cleaning and maintenance yourself. You've got a, a, some sort of property management system in place. Yeah, I think that's one of the coolest parts that's really emerged with the kind of explosion of short-term rentals is that there's a lot of new companies that have emerged to – uh, support us and support these people that have multiple properties. Um, and they've done it really like on a specialized basis. So there's, you know, cleaning companies that have kind of evolved now to help with turnovers, help with restocking supplies. There's companies that are emerging just to deal with, you know, customer communications. Um, and so everybody can kind of choose their own approach about how they want to deal with property management without going to, you know, a full service property manager. So for me, really, I deal with everything besides the cleaning and you know the stocking of of goods and and linens, and and that's all covered by a cleaning company 
which charges a very reasonable rate of like $70 per turnover. Um, so that's really the only assistance I'm getting on my five properties right now. And that's the best kind of formula for me at the moment. Because I'm seeing so many um, sort of spinoffs starting up from Airbnb. I mean, um, interviewed um, uh, the founder of Guesty uh, last week, and I've I've sort of been trawling through the web looking for others, and just found so many like Pillow and mm-hmm. Urban Bellhop. Bellhop, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a while ago that I came across a blog post called Afford Anything. And I don't know if you've come across that. I have, yeah. And, uh, and the blogger there has apartments in Atlanta. And she wrote quite an extended post over a period of eight months. She did a sort of st- a, a, what happened at the start, what happened in the middle, what happened at the end about her experience with renting one of her properties out on, on Airbnb. And and it was really interesting because at the end she sort of came out and said, well, you know, there really really isn't a huge difference between the return I'm getting on my residential rentals and this. But she was doing the majority of these these changeovers either herself or using a very pricey property management company. And it just seems in, that in the very short space of time since – I reviewed those blog posts that things have changed and things have, have been put in place that's made it much more economical, I, I guess, for, yeah. for people to offer their properties for short-term rental now. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely becoming more efficient um, in the select markets where these companies are available. You know, the only downside is a lot of these companies are startups and are starting in some of the major hubs like the San Francisco's, LA's, New York's of the world and aren't covering a lot of the country. Um, so I'm lucky enough to live in a place where I have lots of different options, like Pillow Homes, uh, like the current company that I, I'm using, which is called HostWise. Um, so these things are really popping up in a lot of the more major metropolitan areas. Um, so there's a lot of choice, there's a lot of competition out there, and you can really select kind of what fits your your needs and, 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 your, and your profile a little bit more. I'm, I'm pretty hands-on. I like to deal with communications. I like to meet guests on occasion. Um, but obviously, I don't want to um, be scrubbing the toilets on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, I've outsourced that to a company that deals with, with that. You know, And it's really worked out well for me. So what, what happens when, you, when you're away? Because you're not there all the time. You go traveling occasionally. So do you have somebody else who does meet and greet? Or do you simply just get in touch with your, your guests and say that it's not going to happen on that occasion? Yeah, you know, typically I have my guests tell me if they want a personal check-in uh, from me. Uh, the standard process is pretty automated with uh, hidden keys or digital locks. Um, and so that is not the standard that I meet my, every guest. Um, but I definitely leave it out there as an option. And if I'm in the area and available, I will definitely stop by. Um, if I'm away, I kind of just set up some more backup plans. These are, you know, emergency contacts, uh, people that are local that I give a set of keys to that can help out any kind of emergency situations. Uh, but for the most part, it, it's, it's fairly automated. Um, and I'm not really, I don't need to be in town for much of anything besides kind of these lockouts or other kinds of uh, issues like that. That's where companies like Urban Bellhop, which is something I just um, learned about the other day, which tend to be in places where there's a uh, a large amount of 
properties. And I think that one's particularly in New York at the moment, but where they're hiring other Airbnb hosts to do these things. I just, uh, I just love this sort of cross-pollination and, and the networking that's happening within the Airbnb community. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's, it's great. You know, and I know all, I know all of these people pretty well and have met, talked to all the, you know, CEOs of all these startup companies. And so it's a pretty tight knit community and we're all kind of working towards the same, you know, end goal and cause. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's been fun working with these guys. Well, you're an Airbnb super host and that's, that's yet another term I've just learned relatively recently. And, you know, I've read the article, you were featured in the Huffington Post and, and a Fast Company article, just to name a few. So what did you have to do to get the title of super host? And, and what does it actually mean for you and, and for your bookings? Yeah, so the, the title, you know, the, the term super host is really defined by and developed by Airbnb. And, you know, achieving this super host title it, it, you know, it's rather, it's rather easy. You have to meet four criteria. You have to have, you know, five star ratings on at least 80% of your reviews. You have to be responding to at least 90% of the inquiries that are coming your way. You have to have at least 10 reservations confirmed in a year and no cancellations on confirmed reservations. So I, those are pretty, you know, achievable stats. And so there's, there's a, a, a large, there's a large percentage of people that actually do Hit that. I think it's probably the 10 to 20% of total hosts on Airbnb have the super host title. Um, the, you know, the benefits are kind of difficult to define. There are you know, increased um, placement in the search results on Airbnb. If you're a super host, you get a little emblem which gets uh, on your profile and on your listing, which gives people a little bit more confidence in, in your listing. Um, but it's kind of hard to quantify exactly what the benefits are. Um, I think probably a lot of the press coverage that I've gotten is, is you know, I've really been trying to become a thought leader in this space uh, through writing an ebook on the subject, the uh, Airbnb Experts Playbook, and through my website, runningyourplace.com. I am always, you know, analyzing the business. I'm trying to always think of creative ways to optimizing things. Um, and so I think that's probably where a lot of the, the, the press interest has come in is kind of what's new, what's next, where's the best place to buy, how, what's the best place to manage these properties. And so I'm constantly tinkering with all these different ideas. Tell, tell me a bit more about the, the e-book. Just looking at the, um, the about page for it on, on your website, and it's, it says here that um, you strategically built an Airbnb enterprise that generated over 100,000 in profit in its first year. And the book's called Secrets to Making Six Figures as a Rentalpreneur. Um, So I want to talk a little bit more about that. But let's just uh, come on to this this term, Rentalpreneur, um, because I saw a recent post from you that defines these types. So it would be great if we could just go through them in, in a little bit more detail, because I was quite intrigued by these. Let's start with the couch surfer. Sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, the couch surfer is um, the couch surfer is somebody that's running out really a private room or a shared room. These are typically younger people um, that are trying to um, appeal towards budget conscious travelers. Um, these are people that are um, really looking for personal connections with international travelers. Uh, really aren't as focused as like you know making a ton of money on the site, 
but are really focused on meeting new people. Um, the next kind of group I've identified is the what I call the savvy opportunist, which uh, there's a lot of listings online on Airbnb that pop up right around major events. That could be like the Super Bowl or Mardi Gras or like a South by Southwest uh, festival. Um, you know, hundreds of listings will come online in the weeks preceding those events for people looking to capitalize on these high demand periods. Um, and these people can make a ton of money. They can pay their entire month's mortgage for renting their place out for, you know, three, five days at a time. Um, the next category I've identified is kind of what I call the, the jet setter. And these are people that live a really mobile lifestyle that are always on the go, always going places on the weekends. And they've kind of listed their place on Airbnb full time, but at, at like kind of a premium rate or a very high rate. Um, and they're really happy with just getting bookings, you know, maybe, uh, you know, a few days out of the month. And so these people kind of their, their thought process is that, oh, if somebody's willing to pay $300 a night for my place, hey, I'll just go visit my friend in Vegas or I'll, I'll go out of town for those days. Um, so these people are always on the move and have listed their places um, full time. I guess, you know, there's also the vacation homeowners, like the, what I'd say the traditional vacation homeowners, which are kind of dabbling in the Airbnb space. Um, my traditional vacation homeowner, I, I'm referring to people that you know, typically have their own websites and uh, have their own marketing uh, platforms and have been doing vacation rentals for much longer than Airbnb has been in existence. Uh, and these are people that are typically listed among d many different sites and their own websites and are managing a bunch of different kind of marketing outlets to, to manage their vacation properties. And last but not least is uh, the Airbnb rentalpreneur. Um, and these are people that have you know, at least one full-time rental on Airbnb with the real goal of maximizing the, the annual profits on those properties. Stepping back to the traditional vacation homeowner, because you know, a lot of my listeners are, fall into that, that bracket. You know, they've been with VRBO since VRBO started. They reluctantly have em embraced, um, many have not embraced HomeAway or TripAdvisor. I love what you put here in this article, these Airbnb hosts try to jam the old vacation rental model into the new paradigm. No instant booking, longer minimum stay requirements, high security deposits, all of the things that scare away good potential business. How is it that Airbnb enables those things to happen in another paradigm of trust, I guess? Right. That, that's exactly the right word. It is trust. And it is trusting kind of this whole new um, group of people that is existing in this kind of this, this shared economy is that you have to be able to trust that the people that are on the site that have, you know, reviews in the past are, are really trustworthy, interesting, you know, world travelers. And that has definitely been my experience. So I, I guess you're right. The new paradigm is that uh, there's not a lot of screening. I don't screen any of my guests, to be honest with you. Um, I allow instant booking of anybody. I don't deal with any of the transactional stuff. So it's really just uh, taking away all that screening process to really just freeze up so much more of my time to uh, focus on, 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 other, on other things <laughs> and other endeavors like mm -hmm. Uh, starting my other businesses, yeah. But, well, it's just it's just interesting. You you say no screening. I mean, I I, I come from the the old traditional model of perhaps not being as trusting 
as as maybe people are now, or maybe it's maybe it's simply the um, the, the nature of of the business up here in Ontario. Uh, a property that sleeps ten people is is likely to get forty come out of the city. Mm-hmm. Mostly aged between eighteen and twenty-two, if if there hasn't been screened. But I'm guessing, you know, you've got one-bedroom places. The screening isn't. You're unlikely to attract that sort of party group anyway. Yeah, and so that's it's totally intentional on my part to only have one-bedroom apartments, and just for that reason, you know, people that have can accommodate groups of people. They obviously have more concerns about the occupants that are in their place. So I noticed that even when I went to a two-bedroom place, that there were a lot more issues with with parties and destruction of the the properties. So um, it is true that I don't have to screen as much because I have smaller groups, but I I do notice that people really need to depend more on the ratings of people on the Airbnb system. There's ways to set up your Airbnb listing, so you're only accepting reservations from people that have used it before, that have had a positive um, experience before. And in my opinion, people are very concerned about having a a positive reputation on Airbnb. So people um, aren't going to go in there and trash your place because they know that they're not going to be able to run a place on Airbnb again in the future, which which is new. You know, with BRBO, there wasn't this feedback. There wasn't a real... A consequence to having you know really mm-hmm. negative actions before where now there is, yeah, and when of course there still isn't on VRBO or HomeAway. It's uh, it's only that the review system is only one way, and and I I, I love the idea that uh, owners can review their guests and guests review the owners, and it's it's just this it, it does develop a mutual uh, responsibility. Yeah, and it's you know people have to really verify their IDs and connect to all their social networks, so. And people really just can't create a bunch of different profiles and go trash places and then create a new profile. Mm-hmm. So there really is um, a real consciousness about maintaining a really good social identity um, that is trustworthy. And I've, I've found, you know, and I've probably hosted over uh, 800 guests or so at this point in time, and I've really had no significant issues in, 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 those, in those 800 rentals. Yes, likewise, actually. In, in, I've, I've had seven properties over the past sort of 10 years and, and have you know, never had an, an, a really bad experience. Consequently, I don't ever, you know, a long time ago, I stopped, accept, uh, stopped taking the, the traditional sort of damage deposit. And, but, but I rent somewhere every oh, a couple of times a year and always have to pay, you know, going through VRBO or home away, and I'm always paying a sort of $500, $400 damage deposit that is returned at some point after the stay. Actually being a guest have felt that sort of slight discomfort that I'm not trusted. If you've ever been onto the home away community, the discussion on damage deposits and whether to take them or not just goes on for pages and pages. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, obviously, I want to remove that barrier of booking, right? And so if somebody's booking a $1,000 stay, I don't want to make it a $1,500 stay. Um, people just know their, their car's going to get charged this amount, and they don't want to get charged that amount. There's this whole uncertainty about whether they're going to get it back, or I'm going to nickel and dime them about cleaning the place properly when they've, when they've left. Um, and to be honest, I can't even track who, who broke the end table because... 
I'm not there. I have a cleaning company going in and, and doing things. And there's really no way to, for me to track if somebody's taken a towel or broken a dish or, or something. So I wouldn't even be able to know who to charge if somebody, if something was broken. So, uh, it, 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 it helps everybody out <laughs> to be honest in my circumstance. I, I completely agree. And I mean, there is, you know, it's a business where there is an element of risk anyway. And I think it's yeah. cost of doing business. I, yeah, yeah I, absolutely. You've got, you know, it's, it's, it's just, as you say, Part of, part of the business. Yeah. So I want to go on to the, uh, just, just back onto the last one, the Airbnb rentalpreneur, because that, that one really interests me. Uh, just in, in view of some of the media reports that are coming out in the wake of the National Association of Realtors um, report on vacation home ownership, which is, is, is growing really significantly and certainly did last year, and and the amount of people that are seeing the the huge value in buying a vacation home and renting it out and then doing it again. You know, it's a rinse and repeat. And mm-hmm. you've done it. I've done it six or seven times. This is, uh, you know, it's happening in so many uh, different areas now. As as you know, I've, um, I, along with um, Erica Muller, who is, uh, his, she's a Florida realtor. She was a guest on this podcast way, way back in um, uh, about 18 months ago. Uh, and we, we first started talking about the, the whole issue of realtors becoming knowledgeable about the vacation rental business because people come in and they they buy vacation homes in the traditional vacation areas and it's just become more common these days that they are including rental or the potential for rental in that strategy whether they are um, pre or baby boomers looking at pre-retirement purchases or whether they're family or whether they're traditional investors i've been really intrigued at the section on your website called Air DNA. So I wanted you just to tell me a little bit more about that, and then I'm going to go on and ask you a question or two about how uh, how this this could um, help realtors in their strategy for uh, selling to these vacation home buyers. I developed Air DNA originally really to help myself out and understand what my competition looked like in my city of Santa Monica. You know, I realized over a short period of time that the number of listings in the Santa Monica area had gone up from 300 to over 1,000 listings in, in about 18 months. And so me, in my background of analytics and being a bit of a data nerd, I wanted to kind of understand how I could better compete with all these new listings that were coming online. Um, so I started gathering data from all the listings in the area and started trying to figure out ways how I could price better, how I could set up my listing better, um, and what the most successful properties in the area were doing and and how much they were making and what kind of occupancy rates I could see that they were able to achieve. Um, As soon as I was able to do that for Santa Monica, I got a lot of interest from friends and some real estate investor friends that I had that were interested in doing the same sort of analysis in different markets. Um, And kind of the light bulb went off at that point that this was potentially a huge uh, data source for people that were trying to make intelligent real estate investments for short-term rental properties. Um, so over the last year or so, we've uh, been you know, collecting data on Airbnb, you know, property that's listed on Airbnb in the United States and some international cities about 
you know, what the market looks like. And that's anything from what the you know, occupancy rates look like around the year, you know, what the estimated revenues of different um, uh, areas are, um, you know, what are the optimal reservation settings, what are the competitive pricing looking like. And it's kind of always a work in progress trying to figure out kind of what are the newest, coolest metrics to help people make uh, good investments in new properties and how to optimize their current properties to make the most out of them. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the AirDNA product that we've, we've been working on for about a year now. We're really excited about it. You sent me one of the um, city intelligence reports, which is um, obtainable from the Air DNA section on renting your place, and I was I was quite blown away by the 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 statistics that uh, that are available, and it just it really got me thinking that you know you, you you're bringing this down to zip code, producing statistics showing you know how many properties there are in a particular zip code. And, and what they're priced at. It, it, it just struck me that this would be really interesting for not only for investors, but for real estate agents who are trying to sell to uh, not just investors, but people just looking for a vacation home for themselves. Yeah, totally. And honestly, that kind of happened by mistake. Uh, we originally just wanted to help current Airbnb hosts kind of optimize their listings and understand their direct competition. Uh, but then we realized that the real opportunity was for people that were actively looking for new properties and trying to understand kind of what the potential return on their investment would be for a new property. Uh, you know, what's the seasonality look like in this particular area? Is there any demand in January or are those just going to be huge losses? Um, and so, yeah, we started really developing this kind of, it's really kind of like a market analysis uh, on any zip code in the U.S. Um, that has at least 10 Airbnb listings to really help people analyze and understand you know, how, how great is the potential in each area as a short-term rental. Just tell me a little bit about how people can get hold of these reports. Sure, yeah. So you can visit rentingyourplace.com and then uh, navigate to the AirDNA section of the website there you'll have a kind of a navigational tool where you can, uh, you know, click through through different states and see some stats and click through different cities. Um, and for each city, then we have reports that you can purchase for every postal code, which will then do a uh, you know, further analysis of the, the listings in, the, in, that, in that postal code. Um, so you can see, you know, everything from, you know, what is the average, you know, two-bedroom home making in X postal code to um, what's the what's the typical cleaning fee that somebody's charging for a three bedroom home, or you know how many people have instant book enabled, or what's the average minimum night stay for my area? Um, these are all questions that I I had myself and really wanted to understand what the implications were of changing these reservation settings uh, and understanding what the competition looked like, uh, so I could act more intelligently, more competitively to. You know, really outperform the competition, um, and so yeah, that was kind of the uh, the, the impetus of the Air DNA uh, City Intelligence reports. Well, when in in the introduction to um, to our Real Estate for Advanced Learning course, I tell a story about coming across from um, the UK way back in uh, 1998, um, buying my first place in Ontario, and uh, arriving, and you know, I'd, I'd found um, a realtor. 
uh, online who uh, who said he was happy to show me around and he'd find me find me somewhere that was really going to rent well. And when I arrived, I had exactly those questions. And you know, what's what's the seasonality? How where where do people come from? What's the demographic? Um, um, how much how much am I going to pay pay for property management? All those things. And he knew nothing. He knew absolutely. He had he didn't have an answer to a single question I had. Um, it was his loss because I bought one property from him and then I bought six others from one of his um, competitors who did know the answers. Right. I, I, th- I think for, for a realtor, the challenge is where to go find all this information. And I just love the idea that, um, that it's, it's all in one place. Do you, have, uh, do you have plans to add any more statistics? Yeah, we have, we have lots of plans. Uh, yeah, so... You know, first off, we just updated the report so that you can get a full year of history, which is a, is a big, big update for us. Um, so you can see a full year of seasonality. Um, you can see it is stat, which is called RevPAR, which is revenue per available room, which is really the most kind of the best stat for understanding seasonality because it is the average revenue for every available room in your area. And you can see how that fluctuates throughout the year and get a really precise number about um, you know, what to expect in terms of revenues uh, across the year and how much demand dips uh, from summer, spring, uh, and winter. Um, and so other future plans are, yeah, well, one is just expansion to be totally global. So right now we are in about 15 international cities, and um, we are rolling out some Canada's uh, reports for Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, in the coming weeks, uh, in the next week or two. And, but then we plan to do everything, you know, every million listings in every nook and cranny of the world, we want to be able to offer insights into what the opportunity is in, in those areas. The other thing that we want to do is start bridging, you know, we know exactly what the demand is on Airbnb and how much people are making on Airbnb, but we want to be able to bridge the demand with supply. So we want to be able to offer some more insights on what are the average long-term rental rates in areas, what is the average home price of this size cost in an area, and offer better tools for people to be able to target the best places to, uh, to purchase in terms of where is the biggest disparity between uh, prices and what they can achieve in the short-term rental uh, space. So those are just some of the things that we have in the works. Well, oh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a whole list of them. <laughs> but those, those are some of the, the more of the exciting uh, things that we're working on currently. It, sound, it sounds really great. And I'm going to, uh, I will keep, definitely keep up to date with what you're doing. And, uh, and I'm sure we're going to be talking again. I'll put a link to uh, renting your place at the bottom of the show notes and, uh, and a link to your ebook and of course for for anybody who is listening who's thinking of buying a property in a perhaps in a different area thinking about uh, what the returns going to be then I you know I really encourage you to to go and check out um, one of these reports and the, the price of the reports I think is is a very small price to pay for the amount of statistics you're going to get we've we've covered a, a whole raft of stuff here so uh, is there anything missing um, no, I think that was a pretty good coverage of, of the material. Obviously, we can always do a deeper dive into every single metric and how to define high potential areas and, you know, what it, you know how to really read these reports. Um, 
But I think maybe we can save that for a future conversation where we do a, a real deep dive into what all the data means and uh, maybe even how to combine this data with other data sources to make even a more um, you know, educated decision on, on, on acquiring vacation rental properties. That, that would be good, actually, to come back and, and revisit that. And perhaps, you know, this has been a fairly broad brush discussion, but to come back and, and really um, dive into some of the, the data at a, at a more um, detailed level. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, a lot of people get the reports and they're like, I don't really understand what this means or I don't understand what decisions that I should be, that I should be making based off of this data. So, um, yeah, it might be very helpful for the users to kind of, you know, uh, just, just walk them through, you know, this is what your competition is doing, this is what you should do to uh, react to that and, and, and compete with, with them. Uh, more effectively. Well, I will. I will definitely look forward to that. We'll set a date for that. Scott, you've been uh, you've been absolutely great. Thank you so much for for giving me the time today. It's uh, it's been really great to, to actually uh, to, to spend some time talking with you. Now that we, yeah, you know, we, we we have this very close connection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I look forward to visiting you up there uh, in July. I'll be up that direction. I'll definitely give you a call. That that would be great. In the meantime, thanks so much. Thank you, Scott, so much for that. Great information, great discussion. I am so looking forward to um, hearing more, in fact, about air DNA and getting being able to drill down even deeper in some, some into some of these reports. And I know that for the real estate agents that listen to this show you will really find this information useful. If you're selling homes to people who want to rent them out, then having this information of the pricing analysis, the occupancy rates, and the monthly revenues, which are just a very, very few of the statistics available to you, is going to be really super useful. So I'd highly recommend that if, if this is something that you're interested in, is that you go across to AirDNA and, uh, and buy one of these reports for your areas. Uh, I think you'll find the, the small amount invested in this will really pay back in the knowledge that you're going to gain to enable you to share that with your potential buyers. Um, just as a, a little heads up here, I do get a small affiliate commission on any of the uh, the city intelligence reports that are purchased. So I just want to make that uh, that clear. Scott generously is sharing some of the proceeds with me. So I uh, just wanted you to know. Well, that's about it for uh, another week. It's um, as ever, uh, I'd love to hear your comments. Please uh, scroll down to the end of the show notes and, um, and, and let me know what, uh, what you thought. Ask Scott any questions. And of course, um, you know, if you want to email me directly, please do so at heather at cottageblogger.com. I always love to hear from you. While you're down there at the bottom of the show notes, you know the drill. If you like the show, please let me know by just clicking on the iTunes button and leaving me a review. That would be absolutely fantastic. So for now, once again, it's been absolutely great having you listen to the show and I'll look forward to being with you next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon.
Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.